Podcast. To heal ourselves, to remember that we're whole and worthy of experiencing life here, it's like through the body, we connect the most to spirit, to God. He said, you know, when people come to him and, and say, what, how do I be a man? Or if a woman, how do I be a woman? The real thing is, well, you already are. So like you are already a man. I am already a woman. We are already star seeds, like lovers and, and, and embodiments of that freaking light and that breath of God walking on the planet here to experience our truth and our expression and what it's like to be here. The real question is, what is blocking you from being that? Because you already are it. Welcome, beautiful beings, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast with your host, Harrison Ma. This podcast sets the loving intention of creating the mystical space needed to pull back the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. Now let's walk you home to your cosmic spiritual heart space. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another loving deep dive into the layers restricting your health, alignment, and love. Today's chat is on all things unlocking you. You're living authentically on purpose. And I'm so excited to go into it today, if you can't tell, with a beautiful, loving heart. But before I get to her, I want to welcome all the new people here watching live today or listening on the podcast. Remember that if you want to engage with us, if any questions come up during this conversation that you want to add into the chat, or you just want to say hello, Add it into the comments and we'd love to hear your beautiful voice. Heather, I see you there in Facebook. Welcome, my friend. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, please share this out far and wide. And if you get any gems, any insights, remember you can leave this over on Apple and Spotify and it helps the show. So what are we doing? What are we, what are we talking about today? I have the lovely Colleen Coles here on the show. Colleen is a spiritual healer, a personal coach working with childhood trauma. I just want to read her beautiful little mission statement here. Colleen is helping brave spiritual go-getters live their dream, dream life through becoming the next evolution of self. And uh, I think you can see why I resonate with this beautiful heart. With Colleen's help today, we're going to talk about what it means to live authentically on purpose, what it means to be strong, not mean, to live a orgasmic dream life, adding in your intuition to move into freedom and everything in between. Colleen, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you, Harrison. It's great to be here. Colleen, I feel like I want to ask you, how are you feeling? I know you were sharing some things before we got started. I was, I was. I'm just so excited. I had a really expansive day, um, kind of a miraculous day of getting invited to work at the business of one of my clients who through her, I got the opportunity to work with her husband. And after doing so, they invited me to be a consult consultant for my life coaching for their employees. And so today was that first day. And it was such a beautiful miracle of like living my purpose, living my, the way I want to live where it was easy to do that. It was aligned. It magically kind of started to unfold. And so today was the first day of doing that. And like, she doubled my rate for me. Like, she's like, I want to pay you this instead. It was double. And like, 
to just get the chance to be in like such beauty in their space and to be doing what I do and so appreciated. And then to come on here and get to talk with you and like anyone who gets to listen, like I'm just so grateful and I'm just so honored. And it's like all of that energy that I have inside, it's like bubbling through of like excitement and nerves. And then I breathe and it's excitement again. So yeah, yeah, that's just a good day. Colleen, it's it sounds like one of those moments, and we're going to speak about this today, but it sounds like one of those moments of remembering, oh, I am, I am abundant. I am, I am all these things that I have ever dreamed I can be and more, right? So, which leads me, Colleen, into the first thing I want to do here with you today. I, um, for people that follow me, I have been writing a lot of poetry at the moment, and I was inspired today to share a poem with you to really start this chat that connects to everything we're going to be talking about today. So I'd love to read this to you and everyone listening. And I would encourage you all to really open your hearts to this because a lot of what connecting to your authentic essence is, it's a remembering, right? It's not a, it's not a getting of something, it's a remembering. So this poem is called, I Forgot I'm Divine. Sometimes I forget, divine am I so, lost in the rush of life's stop and go. I become caught up in the daily grind and forget the spark within my mind. I forget the power of my own light and let the darkness cloud my sight. I forget the strength that's always there and let myself become ensnared. But when I remember who I am, my heart begins to beat and slam. I remember that I'm a vessel of grace, born straight stardust from outer space. I'm a child of the universe, a blessed soul, a sacred creation, a part of the whole. I'm born of divine love that lays inside, which I now commit to be my guide. Back to the beauty and divine within, back to the love that's always been. So next time I forget my pure divine will, I'll remember the catch and allow to be still, to take a breath and look deep inside and promise my divine light to never hide. Snaps. <laughs> yes. So, Colleen, first, thank you for receiving. And secondly, I want to ask you, you know, what does that bring up in you? And how does it connect to this idea of living authentically on purpose? Oh my gosh. Yes. What immediately comes to mind is what I've covered and taught and what the people who came to work with me in one of my programs, Orgasmic Dream Life, what we talked about, which was that age old yet weirdly unfamiliar when you notice it in yourself phrase of we're not afraid of failure as much as we're afraid of shining our light. And that's, that's been true in my life. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I coined this phrase, the shining ceiling. And it's like, how, what is that invisible ceiling that we have on ourselves of our shining capacity and whether that manifests in how much pleasure we allow in our lives sexually or otherwise or how much success we allow in whatever way that looks like for us, or just in terms of being ourselves out there. And it brings up so much for so many, because like 
you know, we've been persecuted in past lives and we have been shamed in these lives. And so there brings up a lot, but a quote from somebody I recently found out about, his name is Chris Bain. And my husband is really connecting with him. And yeah, he, um, he said, you know, when people come to him and, and say, what, how do I be a man? Or if a woman, how do I be a woman? The real thing is, well, you already are. So like you are already a man. I am already a woman. We are already star seeds, like lovers and, and, and embodiments of that freaking light and that breath of God walking on the planet here to experience our truth and our expression and what it's like to be here. The real question is, what is blocking you from being that? Because you already are it. So your your poem is just so well like put together and just speaks to that truth of like coming back to the true work, which is letting go what blocks us from being who we really are. So we can just rise to the surface naturally and feel safe to shine. Yes. Ooh, feel that. Feel that power, my friend. <laughs> so oh, I love it. And we're gonna we're gonna speak about you know, what are some of those specific blocks today, right? Because there are layers, right? There are, this is the onion healing journey and uh, your beautiful system, this four-part system that you have uh, is a really good example of a way that we move through that. Before I get to that though, I do want to, because you because you brought it up and it's just, I love the synchronicities of, of life. You know, you brought up that Mount, that Marianne Williamson quote and I, I was literally read, lead, reading her book this morning and not just reading her book this morning, that page in the book with that quote came up this morning, right? Like, I can't make this up. So I just want, I just want to read it to people. I want to read that quote that you referenced because it is so powerful, right? Our deepest fear is, is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond all measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. We're born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Anything, anything you want to add to that, my friend? Before I'm, just, you move on? I'm like exploding on the inside because I'm yeah. just like so excited about just um, literally experiencing the truth of that and how it's like a different reality, gradient by gradient, to step out of that shame shadow of hurting others from shining, which even if that happens is not our responsibility, you know, like to really see and feel that as true, but also just the synchronicity of it all. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love it so much. Yeah, so everything yeah. shows up. Everything shows up. I, the last thing I'll say on this quote, and then we'll move on is, you know, the idea that we don't just shine as a isolated component, right? We shine as a, part an intrinsic part of an interconnected collective so what that means is when colleen shines up in her fullest light as i just felt today as you've walked onto this podcast right and if an eye shine in my light we impact each other right and we inspire that same movement so 
Helene, let's get into your work specifically here. Okay. And you, as you referenced a second ago, coming back into this authentic expression, it requires some layers to be moved through. Okay. And you have these four components of this process. And if you want to outline what the process is called, I'd love to hear it. But let's start with strong, not mean. And let's go into that. Okay. So that is one of the four quadrants of like, what would it take to live authentically on purpose? And for me, that is one of the biggest contributions to making a difference that we can make. And as a collective, we can do, because if you are shining um, in your gifts, using your gifts of what makes you um, special or like unique and using those gifts that are God-given or uh, that you came down to live out a mission with. Um, and then, you know, you're doing it in a way that makes you happy, like genuinely fulfilled. It's like that happiness factor, plus you just living out what you're here for, plus using those gifts that you're really good with combined. It's like, how can that not uplift, not just you, but ripple out to affect the collective consciousness? And I'm just like, dang, if everybody did that, it's like we'd be this soldier army of like consciousness light, of course. Like, how could we not get to where we want to be and go and and would make the heart of the world sing and the earth sing? So it's just like, cool, that's what I want to help because I went through my own journey of feeling like I knew what I was doing, I was doing the right things, but it wasn't giving me fulfillment. So I went on a journey to say, like, what does it look like? What does it look like to not just think about being connected to my intuition, but really live it? And um, what's in the way of me just feeling fully expressed in living out my purpose? So one of those, to me, Harrison, one of the biggest blocks that I found, but especially in women, and I, but honestly, working with men too, it comes out as well. It's the it's the um the people pleasing the saying yes when we mean no no one mean we mean yes the codependency there and not yeah and colleen just to interrupt here because i have to put my hand up as the male population over here definitely definitely a uh i let's let's go deeper let's go beyond like physical male physical female i would say it's a it's a component of the divine feminine right that is in that is in both the physical male and the physical female. Would you would you agree with that? I love that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it comes from. I want to keep hearing about these uh, and boundaries is a big piece of this, right? But it's. I think it comes from. You know, being such emotional and sensitive beings, right? And having relationships with people as we expand and grow, there are wounds there, and it's not the being emotional and sensitive, that's the challenge. It's the wounds that have been left unhealed, right? Yeah. And when you put it that way, it's like anytime we get into that receiving space. So for example, if there is a embodied male and he's in a relationship with somebody else, if he is afraid of triggering that somebody else, be he a man or a woman, it's like that fear to not say what you need to do because that person is like asking you to cuddle instead, but really you want to work out and you're afraid that they might get triggered or get mad. So you're trying to keep the peace. You're trying to keep her or him happy. So you're like, okay. And it's like this time, but that's that moment of disauthenticity and 
abandonment of self. Exactly. That we think might help, but it's the thing we're doing. We think that'll help to avoid the, the pain that actually causes the pain. So when that person then it's like the shadow of the feminine, it's the shadow of them being in a receiving state where then somebody is dipping in themselves and taking, but not even knowing they're doing it because that, that man is not holding his own truth or saying what he needs and being brave to do that. So um, I think just energetically, collectively, yeah, especially as conscientious, spiritual, empathic people, um, that is a bigger wound. And the people who tend to be that way, I have found, have had, you know, childhoods of trauma, and that was what honed in their gifts of of empathy. But we're used to that as the way to gain love and gain security. But that will not be what delivers it. What will at this time, this era, the age of Aquarius, and also just where we're at collectively, it's through shining or through communicating what we need and being who we are, which includes it's like I think of it like this vase. And it's like when we give in and say, Yes, when Mimi, no, it's like that vase is getting a concave in and it's weakening, right? But when we allow ourselves to just stay strong and firm yet kind, but true, we're allowing that vase to just stay solid. And it's when we might on the flip side have lack mentality or afraid of somebody leaving um, or unprocessed anger that maybe that vase explodes out like almost like a water skin or something and it expands and we might burst so the true coming back home to being authentically ourselves and on purpose and expressed is that middle ground of centeredness to say like what's true for me right now and then the tools in order to communicate that in a way that lands and is loving i love it let's i want to give an example of some tools here before we get to that I just want to welcome beautiful Jackie in the chat. Thank you for joining my friend. If you're joining live here today, please pop your comments in the comment section and we can add in any, any love, any feedback that you have that's flowing. So Colleen, I want to circle back to this understanding of communicating your truth in these, in these relationship dynamics. And it's important to understand that in our authentic uh, journey to this deeper state of us, it is in relationship that we'll be tested and prompted to, to evolve or not evolve. And I want to share another quote with you today because they're just flowing out of me apparently with, you know, one of the reasons that we don't, that we stay in the people pleaser that you said, or we stay in the wound or we stay in the pain is because there's still a story there that we are believing. Right. And one of my favorite quotes that highlights this is from Neville Goddard and Neville Goddard says, your world is defined by your conception of yourself plus your conception of others, which is not their conception of themselves. So (laughs) what that means is that you are living in a reality that's an illusion and not just your own reality of your own scape, but I'm projecting a story onto Colleen that's not her, right? For example, I don't want to speak the truth to Colleen because I perceive her to be the person that's going to abandon me or the person that's going to reject me or the person that's going to hurt me. But in reality, is that Colleen? Is that actually the deeper state? The answer is no. 
So my tool here, then I want to get your reflections, Colleen. It's really asking us, asking ourselves, one, is this true? Testing the story, right? Testing if that story is actually correct, but then taking a step forward in love, right? What would love do? Would love see Colleen as the abuser, the rejecter, the abandoner, or would love come together? Would love unite? What thoughts, what tools do you want to share on this, my friend? Yes, I love it. And that helps so much in that question. I was literally doing it in the car this morning. I was like, okay, what's the most painful thought? And then I, so I'm, I'm totally in agreement in accordance with that. And what I want to add is that it's been so helpful for me to like understand the body and the nervous system and how trauma lives actually in our cells and our body that then helps create the illusion of the mind. And to that, to your point, like it's still an illusion that's going on internally, but there's like the actual physiology of it too, because if we've had an experience when we were younger that either was big T trauma and super shattering or little T trauma of dancing around being your shiny self. And then your dad comes home and you're three years old and he had a hard day at work and he snaps at you and says like, don't interrupt or shut up or go to your room. And he leaves that still feels to that three-year-old who in their own body as a three-year-old will not be able to survive on their own. It feels like a death. And so what we do in our mind as that's stored in our body, when we don't have the chance to regulate it out, or it's not explained to us what's going on, that if I shine, I will die. If I shine, I won't be loved, which equals death as a three-year-old, because you can't get your needs met on your own yet. So as we grow up and we take on that energy and we make those meanings in our mind, which stem from the chemicals in our body of survival of fear in the brain, literally when we have circumstances out here as a 26, a 45, a 54 year old that are similar enough to that experience or lots of little ones that had that meaning made, we unconsciously trigger into that same response. And so it's like a tool. And I think it's especially helpful to really ground that in for especially compassionate, empathic, spiritual people like ourselves, because I think at least for me, it was really easy. And one of my ways to, before knowing these other tools to cope with that was like to shoot out of my body bypass spiritually bypass. Oh, yeah yeah spiritually bypass um intellectualize everything meditate away you know forgive yet not deal with like the boundaries being crossed like all of that and not being <laughs> grounded yeah you know what i'm talking about well yeah i know what you're talking about because it's 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 pervasive right it's it's I don't know how far I want to go down this route because it's a whole conversation, but it's, it, to me, it's a symptom of the old paradigm of a spiritual uh, evolution, which was needed, right? That we need to give everything over to God that's inside of us, right? Give everything over to our higher power that's inside of us. It's all beautiful. But in that giving over, we don't come back, right? We don't come back to the body. And I want to pull out something that you did as you were just expressing yourself. Right, you were just beautifully channeling and 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 sharing your love and insights on this, but then in the middle of it, 
you took a deep breath in. You went, <gasps> and just that, right? Just the conscious addition of breath could be all that's needed to bring us back from those spiritual heights, ground us back into the physical body, and allow that anger, that judgment, that guilt, that shame, that story, that pain to move, right? Because we're coming back into our presence. Do you, do you agree oh, with yeah. that, my friend? Yes, because so our anatomic nervous system is what is um, responsible for the fight or flight or freeze response or the fawning response. That is completely unconscious, meaning we don't get to choose it. It will happen without us getting a vote. Like it's happening as it happens. The only way to really get that unconscious response conscious is through the breath. That is the bridge to get that unconscious to the conscious and gain control of it. So, and can gain control of our environment because then we're in control of our response. And so we have a choice in every moment. And that's, I think, important for um, spiritual, empathic, authentic people or beings to like let land because when we do those things of saying, you know, well, it's, it's their fault or, you know, if there's any blame or any of that lower victim. Archetype. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Victim or then going into martyr of well, like, hey, love and light. Hey, I forgive them. It's OK. And I'll stay in the relationship, by the way. Like I saw that a lot when I was starting my career and going into Facebook groups and contributing and like focusing on this area of codependency and boundaries. And I saw that all the time. And then I would get the crap from their shadow about being like, you bitch, like you're telling me that you know, I should be so rude. And it's like, no, it's not rude to have a boundary. So just being able to breathe through that and like really know that I get to be kind yet safe in what I need and establish that, that, that place of what I need through a boundary is what I get to have as a spiritual embodied person. Yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a huge conflation between acceptance slash forgiveness and tolerance. I think we, we get confused <laughs> that if I accept or slash forgive a situation, personal, personal thing, that means I tolerate their abusive behavior or their negative behavior. And that's not true at all. Right. I've noticed that in those, in that space where I accept and surrender and put up my boundaries as an example, I've offered, given my space, the given myself the space to have the inspired knowledge come through of what action to take, right? And that action could be separating myself from that person, right? That action could be, you know, reporting that person to an authority, whatever it is. But I just want to make sure people hear it. You know, forgiveness and acceptance is not tolerance. Yeah. And boundaries, you know, you need a boundary when you feel you need space and a boundary simply is a line in the sand of what you will or will not tolerate. And it's for yourself and it's for your feeling of safety and for what you need and, or what you just simply want to tolerate. Cause you get yeah. to choose and through doing so, um, you get it's like the walls of your dream life created. It's like the foundation because as we do that for ourselves in the little ways or for, 
certain relationships, we make space for newer things to come in. And I think that's hard from when we've had trauma or um, have gotten used to a way kind of like I did to almost like a, a bulimic who's just trying to gain control and health doesn't know or believe in themselves to do it in a healthy way. There is a better way. Um, we can learn tools and realize that that person, that job, that situation is not actually our source. It's not our, it's not our place of power. We are our place of power and we can always make a new choice. We are the one that whatever can, can find somebody new, can have a new job, can create through our, through our choice. So I just something it's like knowing the difference between, um, intention and impact. And I think that's when it gets a little hairy of like, should I stay? Should I go? I mean, we're talking deep stuff and it also can come in the little ways. Should I go to the party? Should I not? But I said, I did. It doesn't always have to be so heavy, but in any of them, the through line is like, okay, intent. So intent is when like, say they didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Okay. And you're not trying to hurt somebody's feelings. Cool. But impact is when what actually happened on the outside to somebody else. So if that person had the intent to not hurt you, but they did, you get to claim how they did and talk through it or. And make a choice from there. Yeah. 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 Colleen, I, I'm loving this conversation. And uh, we, it's funny how similar our worlds are and the things that we do. And I think that's why we resonate so much. I, I want to shift here now to another one of your components of this, of this beautiful living authentically on purpose paradigm. Uh, before I do, I just want to welcome all the people dropping in on the Facebook. Emily, I see you there, my beautiful cousin. If you have questions today in this live, pop them in and we'd love to add in your voice if something comes up. So Colleen. The next part I want to jump to is orgasmic dream life as a component of this authentic, uh, authentically on purpose. And I specifically want to ask you about, because <clears throat> this is something I've talked a lot about here on the show, uh, this term that you've described as orgasmic manifesting. So what does, what does that mean for someone that is new to those words in that order? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I want to start with my own personal discovery of that. And so um, I I grew up kind of Catholic, then went to a Catholic high school and really became Me Catholic. Too. Me too. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And personally, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. I don't know if you're all boys Catholic, but yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It was, was like, it was mixed. It was mixed. I didn't go that far, luckily, but keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So um, at that time, um, my, my parents had gotten divorced when I was really little. I just was like, I never want to get a divorce. I don't want to cause that pain on myself or my, my children. Um, and so I was just like clicked in and, and like trapped in thinking about like, what will it take to not get a divorce? And then in come a speaker, my freshman year, talking about waiting till marriage and how that helps find true love and all of these really cool thoughts around it. I was like, oh my God, this is my ticket to that. So I became a devout, uh, I guess you could say evangelist of waiting till marriage and just embodying that. And so when I was 23, um, I moved to Virginia, I felt called after visiting a small town and, um, and I moved here and I met, um, who is my now husband. And, um, 
I did wait until being with him and we did get married later. But what was interesting and to my detriment and surprise, that whole sexual area just never turned on. And he wasn't, he wasn't trying to connect with me in that way. We were just happily like, like kind of roommatey, even like eight months into our relationship. So after we got married, I was like, okay, it's because I, I, I had it before marriage. That's why. And so then we got married. I'm like, oh my God, this still isn't turning on. And I was at the same time when I got married, I was traveling around the world for my um, coaching certification. I was getting certified in coaching, starting my business. Like so much was happening. That was 2016. And in 2017, I just had this realization. I was like, look, I did not wait to just wait longer. Like we got to figure this out. And that's when I discovered Tantra and was like, you know, Mike, Hey, let's do this program together. So we individually went through it. And what was interesting was I noticed for both of us, we stuck to the non-sexual aspects. So the connection of letting that Shakti come through, you know, heart to heart connection, eyes, like all of that, but we weren't letting ourselves dip, dip into our own physical sexuality. Um, cut to 2018. I found this, I, I was really trying to go full-time in my business. I felt I hadn't really found my coolest niche yet or like my specialty yet and what made me unique. And, and so I was like committed to going full-time. I quit my coffee shop and restaurant job, just going all in working with a coach for that. And then found this program that taught about how to manifest orgasmically. And it was with somebody who I kind of resonated with. They weren't sex, like super sexual. They just looked like a girl next door from high school. I was like, wow, you can do this on your own. I was just so intrigued. And so I, I went through that program. I started doing my own like clitoral stimulation. Yep. Every day. And what was so fascinating was my whole life started to change. It was not immediate, but I really committed to allowing that energy that is our sexual life. Yes. Move and let it be present all of the time. It, you know, embodied in how I wanted, not like not sharing it with anybody. I didn't want to share it with, it wasn't about that. It was about letting life force move me and letting that be okay to feel sexual and feel alive and turned on and cut to like the end of that year. Um, I forex my business I made was making like triple what I made as a teacher before that. My marriage was way better. I went to Brazil twice. Um, we just we explored polyamory because that's what I wanted to do. And I had the courage to be authentic to that. And he was on board. And I also got pregnant later on that year. Like so much, so much changed. Yeah. So oh, mm-hmm. Colleen, I'm so happy that I I didn't know any of that about you. So mm-hmm. first of all, thank you for being open and honest and sharing all of it. And it highlights so many things, but I want to just pull out a couple here. One, I'd, I'd, I'm sure you're versed in all this now, Colleen, but it, it may refresh you. I'd definitely go back and anyone else tuning into the podcast, I have a series called The Chakras and Your Sexual Energy. And I'd, if, I still have one more to go, but I've done the first six main chakra centers and its connection to sexual intimacy and and what it helps us to do and you have highlighted something very significant right that let's just take the sacral space the sacral chakra which is where for you in your journey there was resistance there was a block and then you opened it up the sacral chakra represents creation energy it represents our 
connection to being a creator being, right? And for everyone listening that has the limiting belief still of I'm not creative with all the love in the world, that's an illusion, right? You are always creating. It's just most of us are creating unconsciously the things that we don't want in our lives. So the reason I share that is we are holistic beings. And if we decide to physically shut down the sacral center, it will manifest energetically, right? So in, the, in your beautiful example, Colleen, of for your own reasons, deciding to not go deeper you know, physically into that energetic space, it wasn't allowing it to express, right? There was nothing moving in your beautiful example. So, I mean, I have a question, Colleen, that I'm interested, and I think this connects to this. I know it connects to this. What's your relationship to God now that you've opened up that sexual space? Um, it's a, a relationship of non-judgment because mm. yeah, when I, two of the principles and mantras from my journey, learning Tantra was non-judgment, non-expectation, non-judgment, non-expectation. And there was this moment in Brazil when I went to see a healer and went to Rio on a whim and went surfing and realized, oh my God, this is me living out my vision board, literally. And I had no idea. Um, it's just, I, while I was out on the water, I saw these like two hands in the water going up and down and I like went over and then all of a sudden a buoy was there and there were lifeguards and they were like, Hey, you're too far out. And I'm like, Hey, there's this guy here. And he was drowning. He was an African boy that got pulled out and he didn't know how to swim and he was, he was having a hard time. And so we got him on my surfboard. We went back in. It was just this monumentally beautiful moment for me, at least realizing like, Oh my God, I'm doing God's work. I'm a servant. I'm, I'm doing what I'm here for mm -hmm. when I'm having fun, when mm -hmm. I'm not trying so hard to in pleasure and in pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay cut to like, I, you know, when I come back, I see this main lifeguard and I was, I, I felt in my sacral chakra and I had been turning it on like a pang. And I was like, Whoa, okay. He was quite attractive. And then he just said, you know, if, if I hadn't seen your blonde hair, we would have totally missed them. So it was such a memory of, of synchronicity and all of those divine things. So cut to, um, I got the chance and he invited me to go surfing with him the next day. And we did. And after talking to my husband the night before, cause I was like, look, Rio's Rio's kind of funky fun. And I knew I had felt that pain. So I'm like, let's get some boundaries in place. So, cause I want to experience. And so we got those boundaries in place. And, um, so after surfing this lifeguard, it, he, he wanted to connect <laughs> canoodle. deeper. Yeah, go connect yeah. deeper. And so I told him my limits of like, look, this is what I'm available for. Can't have sex. I'm not going to kiss you, but I want to practice Tantra and I want to experience that flow of energy with you. And he's like, cool. So we went up to his, the lifeguard. Oh my God. It was so beautiful. It was the lifeguard um, house. It was a full moon. It was so beautiful. We, it lasted for hours. It was such like literally mind blowing connection and an experience physically while staying in, in line and yeah. in integrity. And it was so great. 
dude, I really did. I really did. It was so great. And so to come back to like your question, I remember once we were finally done and he was like getting his things. I went out to the edge of the lifeguard house and I looked over the water and just felt like I saw the ocean in it entirely with entirely new eyes. And it was like, all of a sudden I saw God in every molecule in every wave and every moonlight reflection on the water. I was like, God is all around me. There is no judgment on what I just did. Like, this is incredible. And I have been forever changed. I could not go back and just felt like I'm in Technicolor and to remember like life is inherently erotic. Yes. Right. So So, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a lot to this. (laughs) And I'm so, I'm so happy we're going here. I didn't expect to go this deep, but I'm very happy that we are because it just, you know, coming back to the theme of this episode today, authentically on purpose, you know, another way that we could say that is connecting back into our higher power right? The higher power that's not outside of us, it is everything outside of us, but it's also everything inside of us, right? So the way that we connect externally is by connecting internally. And one of the deeper realizations that you're expressing that I've also started to understand is that let's use the example of the Christian church, right? I grew up Catholic as well. And I'll, I'll put a disclaimer here. I think all world religions uh, have a beautiful, mystical, loving foundation. It's just most of them, including Christianity, have a lot of fear-based dogma that has been persecuted throughout it that keeps us separate from God. And one of those pieces of dogma is that it is sinful and shameful to be in this pleasurable act in all the ways, right? As Colleen described in her journey. And I think one of the reasons for that. <laughs> is because paradoxically, as you described, the pleasurable, sensual, intimate act, either with ourselves or with another, is a gateway to God, is a gateway to higher power, is a gateway back to that oneness as you expressed seeing the ocean, right? So anything come up around this, Colleen? (laughs) Yeah, just, you know, I... I tend to work with people who can relate. And so I I've worked with women and men who are Christian and who have similar blocks and a whole module in orgasmic dream life was around patriarchy and dismantling the patriarchy. But what does that really mean? A great book. If anybody's interested, that really helped me is called the dance of the dissonant daughter by Sue Monk kid of just this Christian, beautiful, intellectual soul going on a journey to realize, wait, this isn't like how it feels. Like it's not right to disembody my feminine being. So what comes up is, yeah, like the patriarchy. I mean, there's so many levels of it, but I totally agree. And in my way of looking at it and teaching it is that, you know, the way that we'll all find freedom individually, collectively, is by allowing that yin energy to come back <laughs> on stage and get to express, which means, you know, it's that wildness. It's that energy that moves us and letting that move. And to be able to have honoring towards our like Christian 
past or present, but allowing ourselves to be fully human. I mean, that yin, that yin, that feminine, that fire, that wine within the the masculine of the chalice, like that's unruly. That's unpredictable. That is fiery. That is sometimes insane. Yeah. Creative, hysterical, hysterectomy, like that's all sacral area. And so um, it's been said that, you know, through the Christian church or through patriarchy, that like that energy was thwarted and put down because it's so powerful that they knew they had to do that to keep control. So to your point, um, to heal ourselves, to remember that we're whole and worthy of experiencing life here, it's like through the body, we connect the most to spirit, to God. And we came, you know, it's my belief we came down, you know, Abraham Hicks is, or somebody asked Abraham Hicks, like, what's the number one reason, you know, people come down to earth? And their answer was, oh, to have sex. Like, it's that, it's that matter of fact, we want to play the game. We want to play on earth. And part of that is physical experience. Yeah. And so, I don't know, man. I just it's, think there's so many levels. There is, there is. And let's, let's, let's take it this direction, Colleen, because this connects to another question I want to ask you here. And I, I want to thank you for being so open about all this stuff. It's really bringing an extra dimension to this chat. So I appreciate you. I, you know, I think this emphasis on the body in relation to our spiritual being and our authenticity highlights something important for us to realize is that we are a divine channel. I've spoken about this in other episodes. And what I mean by that is there is God moving through us all the time. There is divine presence, source, oneness, divinity, whatever you want to call it. It's in us. It's not as this authentic state is in us, but what is stopping it, as we've discussed earlier, are these layers of illusion, right? So it's not a matter of gaining. It's a matter of pulling back. One of those layers of pulling back is the sex, uh, shame, guilt, judgment that we've just spoken about. Another layer that is important to understand is the illusion that our, our knowing, our power, our wisdom is outside of us, that there is something. So we talked about the church, right? A, a priest, a man on a cloud, but it's, we can just put that aside. It's even more than that. It's the government. It's a healthcare system. It's an education system that there is something, someone, some structure outside of us that holds our wisdom. And if I can fit through all the right boxes and hoops and, and put on the right mask, I can then obtain that wisdom and, and then I'll be good and then I'll be happy and then I'll get the thing. So I wonder if you could speak to this, my friend, of this reclamation and this remembering of our intuition and our inner knowing on this road back to authenticity. Totally. So the first thing that comes to mind is when you were actually speaking to, you know, that God force and like what we are, it's what is outside of us and what's in us. And what I wanted to like, just blurt out was like, yeah, and it's you, it's you, right? Like it's all of this and it's just you. And I remember having a, a, a meeting with one of my spiritual teachers and I was like, okay, I'm trying to like, okay, breathe in. And then I was like, yeah, but like, dude, this guy said this. And like, and I was just like going off and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like that wasn't, and he was like, Colleen, it's okay. 
it's you. And I was like, oh, it is. Like to just allow whatever personality even uh, expression, whether it's like, I am adventurous. I'm an adventurous soul. I am bubbly. I am curious. Like that is me as it is a part of God. Like, so to let that be okay. I always felt like intuition was like just a level of separation from me, whether it came from outside as the synchronicity in the sign, which it can, or it was inside as like, God is living within me. I'm like, oh, yes. Like, right. Like it's, oh, it's right there. It's by my liver. Like, it's not me. I'm just the house. It still felt like this. I mean, personally, the way it felt like, right. Is it true? How does it make us feel? It felt like I had to like surrender and close my eyes and bow my head in my life everywhere, constantly being like, God, God, should I really buy the cheese today at the grocery store? Like it got so granular to be like, I don't get to choose. God has to choose through me. Like that's how it started to, cause I just, I exactly what you said. I wanted to get it right. I was like, I don't want to make mistakes. So if I can just listen to my intuition, then I'll be able to just totally avoid pain. Smart, cool, got it. But I, I mean, I was never allowing myself to just shine or make my own decisions. By the way, great payoff is that I don't have to take responsibility. So if shit hits the fan, great time for martyr to come out and be like, God, you told me, right? So um, intuition and letting intuition come. Intuition is that it's so cool. It's like that spiritual guidance within. It's the way spirit dances on the outside. But all of what you said, the other thing that came to mind was this is why I love shamanism or why a shamanistic journey has found me and why I resonate. Because um, according to Alan Watts, the difference between a shaman and a priest is that typically priests are from more of a Western society or even through like uh, Eastern, more of a domesticated world where there was a teacher or a line of teachers who uh, anointed you with a certain tradition or knowing and knowledge. Shamans were the medicine people of tribe and their teachers or their initiation was through life itself. Yeah. So they went on the journey and they had that, uh, that walk Practice. to say, yeah, are you going to come back alive? Because if you do, you're a shaman because you've, you've done the thing, you've done the thing you've learned, you've had the tools of knowing. And that just resonates so much for me because I never really resonated with hearing teachers tell me how to do the ritual. This is just me personally. But when I started to learn how to find signs, I, it's, it's like I became my own self healer. I became able to trust myself more and to allow the authority to come back into my own heart and my own hands and feel way more confident in my decisions in my place in the world, because I knew who was truly my authority. And therefore, if somebody said like in the Catholic church, like, well, no, you're great, but you couldn't become a priest that irked me. And I was like, Ooh, okay. I know this isn't the place for me. Right. And so anyway, intuition, there's just, there's lots of cool layers, but Life, allowing life to be your teacher and connecting that to who you are and what you desire is what can really help guide. Yeah. A big part of what you're saying, Colleen, bit of a slam there, bit of a slam dunk. A big, a big part of what you're describing here, Colleen, as I'm receiving you, you know, intuition, I'll start by saying this, in the spiritual community that we are a part of, that I would classify as part of, it's very easy to take a spiritual teaching 
and say it's our truth, but have not really lived it, right? Have not as the shaman that you just said didn't embody it. And the problem with that is an Eckhart, I follow of Eckhart Tolle's teachings, and Eckhart calls words and beliefs pointers, pointers to the inner truth, pointers towards the thing that they're trying to express. And what that means is that these are all words, right? How I describe God, how you describe God, how I describe intuition, how you describe intuition, they're all words that we have added to it based off our unique experience. And what that means is we can't fully know the teaching unless we've had a unique embodiment of it. And this is empowering because I often speak about tuning into your unique frequency of love. And that is what that is. It is your unique expression of this authentic state that's inside of you. And even if the word doesn't align, if you get a feeling, if you get a hit, if you get a sensation that says otherwise, that's the knowing, right? That's all you need to follow because I get your thoughts on this, Colleen. If God is everything, if the source is everything, if the divine is everything, it's beyond words. It's beyond, it's beyond the ego mind that likes to put it in a box. Do you, does that resonate? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and I think it's like, there might be frameworks that help us. For example, human design helped me understand a framework to play with, to see does, how does my intuition come out? Cause I kept looking for the gut knowing, and I just wasn't feeling it. Find out I'm a projector and the way my intuition in that framework looks like is through hearing myself talk. And, and that resonated. A, yeah. yeah. And then a voice in my head, which is challenging because I kept doubting it because I kept thinking it was my ego and I kept thinking it was my mind. I was like, shut up. You know, like, but the truth is, and even when I channel or connect and one one-on-one work, help people heal and find the trauma box, trauma blocks and let them have what they need in real time with that light coming through it's like the words to say, or the image comes in my mind. So it's like, okay, I can trust this, but the, the frameworks can be there to help, but like in Always my- Always come back to you. Exactly. Even with the frameworks, because there's times when I'm like, no, I feel something in my heart. When my heart feels heavy, I tune into it and ask what it's saying. And then I'll say, or do what it's saying. And I walk, is that intuition? I'd say yes, because intuition is our- line to spirit to ourselves to connection to our higher self the love divine yeah Yeah. totally so i just i'm a big fan at self-healing at being your own um authority with god and own guide but to have like I feel like sometimes I have a safari hat on and I'm at like the start of a path with grass on either side and be like, okay, look, this is what to look for. And these are the tools on the path, but like you are the authority. So I'm just a big fan of teaching tools or frameworks that things can uniquely fit into. But um, yes, all of Colleen as Colleen as the Colleen is the beautiful safari coach and safari leader. Right. And I I feel I feel that you would agree with this, right? The best job, the best outcome that you could ever get to with that person is taking them home to themselves. 
right? And this, and I say this because we can all fall into this trap along this authentic authenticity road and connecting to our deeper state. It's good to go to people. We need to. We need to have the reflection of them, but we need to remember that they it, it will always be a reflection, right? The thing, and I'll I'll say it this way: just like we project our shadows onto people, we also project our light. Right. So I can walk into a room with Colleen and I can feel so excited from her energy and I could fall under the illusion that that is only Colleen and a lot of it is you. But the deepest feeling that I have for Colleen is the part of me that I've yet to accept, right? Is the excitement, is the confidence, is the courage that she's sitting in that I also deserve to have. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And I would say that you have because otherwise it wouldn't literally resonate. Yeah. Right. There, there, there wouldn't, if there, there'd be no landing place for that. So it's like um, (laughs) a teacher at my first music festival in 2012, when I was like 23, said that of like, if when you see something in somebody and you love it and you wish you could have it, just know it is in you. And they are just that reflection because literally you wouldn't be able to see it or resonate with it. If it literally wasn't in you as if you were a tuning fork and they are a tuning fork. So let it be a moment of expansion and inspiration so that you keep moving towards that because it is in you and totally man, like Eckhart Tolle, Dalai Lama, lots of peeps have said when we allow our answer to be outside of us, we will constantly suffer. We will be in pain because the truth is the answer, what we're seeking is inside. And I mean, I've done that once I had that experience, for example, with that lifeguard, I thought he was the thing. I thought he was the key. So I went back with, and I talked to my husband, I was like, look, I want to go back. I want to have two weeks. And, and, and because I used the ways of communicating, it landed for him and we made it happen in agreement. Um, but I got so fixated on that dude and come to find out it wasn't like that was in me, but to have somebody resonate at a level level that it clicks is something cool and special. But if I make him the answer, what happens when he did leave? I felt miserable. Or if the job is the answer, what happened? Like we get insecure because that thing could leave and it's out of our control. So when we remember, I was the one that gave myself this through my practice. I am the one who got the job because of my actions to interview. I am the one who made the money because I was the one to go out and seek ways to give value. Like I am part of that. So yeah, I just think about it's such a hard pill to swallow to remember or to really see it of like, oh, right. Okay. I'm suffering because they thought they were the answer, but like, hey, that's freedom. It's like ground zero of freedom because it's like, all right, what do I need to feel safe and to remember the answer is in me with God, right? Helene, yeah. mm. what a beautiful dance we've had today. I uh, <laughs> I have one more question. I want to ask you before we wrap up and I could do this all day with you. There's so many little rabbit holes we can go down, but I want to be respectful of your time. I want to give you the space now. Uh, There's been a lot of beautiful comments and feedback in the live chats. So people have resonated with you and your beautiful heart. If they, if anyone wants to reach out to you, either if they're listening live or listening to the podcast, they want to find out more. They want to tune into this kind of work that you do. Where can people go to find out more about Colleen and her magic? 
Love it. So people can go to my website, ColleenColes.com, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-C-O-L-E-S.com. There, by the way, we were talking about grounding. We were talking about getting embodied, feeling safe, not spiritually bypassing. Right now, my like freebie on my website uh, is a grounding technique that is so helpful. And it takes about 90 seconds just to get back in your body and feel safe to handle what's around you and resourced and connected. So that's there. Um, Anybody can feel free to shoot me an email at Colleen at ColleenColes.com. And I'm on Instagram, Colleen.Coles. Send me a message. I'd love to hear how it's resonating and just connect and like, um, and I'm on Facebook too and YouTube, but, um, just send me a message at, you know, all the things, all the places, but those are in the main is my website, Colleen Coles and Instagram, Colleen.Coles. And then just email me like Colleen at ColleenColes.com. And I'll, as always, for everyone tuning in, if you click on the details of your podcast player, I'll put all of Colleen's links and connections in there. You can just click it, go straight to it. Colleen, my last question here for you today this is the cosmic love antenna and part of my spiritual journey as a little boy like you i grew up in a christian catholic culture and community and i became very disillusioned with the idea that my high power was a man outside on a cloud judging me and putting me in a box and long story short i came full circle back into the understanding that for me my higher power was love and a deeper consciousness state of love. So I'm always interested, Colleen, in how in your world do you define that love word? Let me sit with that for like a couple seconds. Yeah, I think I like a, how do I define love? It's like that it's like that supernatural super force of what creates life and deserves honoring and respect and appreciation and what also comes to mind is how it's like it's like the water we're swimming in that we forgot that we forgot we're swimming in and it's like fish in the ocean that are like hey man where's that dang water. And they're like, yeah, man, where's the water? And it's like, well, you're actually swimming in the water. You just forgot. I feel the same way about, about love. And it's like in the air and in the way, gosh, it's like things are created and we can connect and just experience life and life force. So I want to take a moment to bow to that, to that life force and to that love. But beautiful. It inspires in me the Rumi quote that I'm sure you've heard. You are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. Yeah. Right? So it's a recognition of that. that I was going mm, to get that tattooed on my chest. I went mm. to a Tony Robbins event and I that would do it. That quote so much. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to put it on my chest. And at the final meditation, he led us through. I was like, wait, I'm seeing a vision. I'm seeing a vision. And I saw that tattoo. I'm like, what does it say? How does it look? And it said, don't get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that quote. I totally, it helps me remember how it's okay to embody that God ocean light. 
water. Like, and it's, it's okay to be little and big all at the same time. So yes, thank a, you for sharing that. Uh, a perfect example of intuition coming in to save the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, Colleen, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for everyone that's tuned in either live or on the podcast. I hope this hits your heart and illuminated your being today. If it did, please share this out far and wide and leave your feedback over on Apple and Spotify if there's something you want to hear more of. But until next time here on the show, we send you love, we send you light, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify star feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electrocast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electrocast. 